As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that will never say the full title of the movie and you can't make me. It's Sifpod. <laughs> Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Incorporate. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's our own beautiful disruptor. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hey, Andrew, how's it going? It's going good. I haven't seen you in a while, man. It's yeah. been... What, a uh, couple hours? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is coming late to your podcast feed, and I guess we should apologize uh, for that right off the bat. I know this is yeah. usually out by now. We are recording this, actually, after the episode is usually out, and that is due to the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, we yep. will try to do better over the Christmas holidays at recording stuff ahead of time so that can pop into your uh, podcast feed on time and when it is expected. We do love getting you a weekly episode uh, each week. So um, so apologies again. You, the nice thing is now that you're listening to this, you'll have another one to listen to within a couple days probably. So uh, that'll work out nicely for you. Um, but yes, we enjoyed our Thanksgiving time. I went to Indiana, hung out with family, also had a uh, good friend get married on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Right? Interesting well, I mean, time. It's not to like it's not like you're getting it's not like you're getting married in a Walmart. So I guess it's <laughs> not too I mean, if you <laughs> that'd be pretty metal if you wanted to get married in a Walmart on Black Friday. Yes. Yes, indeed it would. Uh no, it was a target. Um, but yeah. it was a beautiful wedding, lots of red and uh khaki. Lots of red and khaki at the target wedding. Um so, uh, no, it was a beautiful wedding, and we had a good time with that. Also had a good time, of course, eating a lot of Thanksgiving food and having a lot of Thanksgiving fun. 
watching uh, our college football team win a big game. Like it was, you know, all the typical things uh, that you do. Watching our professional football team blow a big game. You know, (laughs) every single Thanksgiving is. Uh, What about you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, We have our, we never have our Thanksgiving on Thursdays because our just family work schedules, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, But, uh, oh man, I ate so much food um mm. uh i cooked uh my specialty of loaded mashed potatoes mm. that just looking at them you will gain a couple pounds <laughs> so uh, much butter so much sour cream yes you're not even joking yeah mm-hmm. uh, um and uh but you know i just i got to see my grandparents and uh nice. no it was just good being good being around people it's nice. It's it's interesting. This is our final holiday season uh, without a grandchild. Uh, oh. so like next holiday season, <laughs> we'll have like a little grandbaby hanging out at Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that kind of fun stuff. So that'll be fun. You took way too long to finish that <laughs> sentence. This is our last this is our holiday final ever. holiday season. Uh, without we'll a grandchild, be, we will be exiting the non-grandchild uh universe uh yeah it was a good time hope you had a wonderful thanksgiving as well hope you got a chance to hang out with people you love and tell some funny stories and have a good time maybe even talk about movies that you enjoy maybe you even got to go out and see uh the movies we're talking about that came out over thanksgiving yeah. weekend so let's go ahead and get into it uh we're gonna talk today uh about glass <clears throat> onion in strange world we'll also What's do glass a- onion it's just glass onion. It's just glass onion. That's just I, the name I'm, name of the movie. I'm typing it in and I don't see that anymore. No, Does no, it's it have there. a different it's title. It's just called it's just called Glass Onion. Uh, Strange I'll World, and then our best ever challenge is best ever world movies. So that's movies with a word "world" in the title. And uh, then we'll do some buried treasure, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, let's kick it off with a movie simply titled Glass Onion. When's the murder mystery start? I've invited you all to my island. Because tonight, a murder will be committed. My murder. Once you're dead, will we still be able to talk to you? Yeah, I'm not playing dead the whole weekend, dude. This is truly delightful. Across the island, I've hidden clues. You will have to closely observe each other. If anyone can name the killer, that person wins our game. Any questions? (laughs) Alibari. Detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece to peel back the layers of a mystery involving a new cast of suspects. Uh, Glass Onion is Ryan Johnson's follow-up to a movie you may have heard of called Knives Out. Brings back Benoit Blanc with another amazing cast. Uh, you got, of course, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. You've got Kate Hudson, Edward Norton, Catherine Hahn. Um, you've got Janelle Monet, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., Dave Batista, as well as some other cameos that I will not spoil for you. Um, what did you think, Andrew, of the second Benoit Blanc movie? Uh, did you like it? Did you love it? Did you dislike it? Did you hate it? Was it just okay? Aaron, you know my feelings on Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And for every movie he does, the very next one is a terrible movie. I know you believe so, that. I know you believe that with all of your heart. Brick, great movie. Brothers Bloom, terrible movie. Looper, great movie. Last Jedi, terrible movie. How dare you. Knives Out, great movie. Glass Onion, great movie. Yay, 
the streak is broken. The streak is broken, ladies and gentlemen. I really like this one. I can't. I do have issues with the movie to where I can't fully just jump into loving it. Sure. But I did really like this movie. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I love this movie. Um, I think I'm dealing with an expectation game kind of thing, too. Uh, yeah, you got a I, fanboyness <clears throat> to this. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, and I'm a Ryan Johnson fanboy, too. I mean, I must be if I like Last Jedi, right? Okay. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with a couple of expectation games. One... Benoit Blanc, Ryan Johnson, Knives Out, so incredible. One of my favorite movies ever. It's just so great, right? So I'm dealing with those expectations. I'm also dealing with the fact that I went to Los Angeles for the U.S. premiere of Knives Out with all of the Mm -hmm. cast. Went to a party afterwards where I bumped in uh, to and chatted with Goldie Hawn for a little bit uh, because she was there because Kate's in the movie. If there's ever a name drop. (laughs) Right? Hey, listen, I'm going to let you know when I talk to a legend. Uh, I I definitely talk to a legend. I mean, I talked to Edward Norton as well and to Kate as well. Um, and Catherine Hahn. Oh, she's a hoot, man. Catherine Hahn is exactly who you think uh, she is. She is so great. I mean, if yeah, you think she's, she's amazing and fun and gregarious, yeah. uh, then she is. Um, so it was great. Got a chance to chat with all of those people and do that. So then the, there's that expectation of, oh, this big event. You know, mm. I'm going to love it. It's in this. It's at the Academy Museum. It's so cool. It's so fun. And I think all of that added together brought this movie down a few notches for me because my expectations were so high. So I came away from this movie going, yeah, I think I loved that, but I'm I'm not feeling the euphoria I thought I was going uh, to feel over it. Now, as time has gone by since seeing it at the premiere, the things that continue to come back to me are amazing. And I think I do love this movie. I need to see it again. I will see it again. Uh, as soon as I get the, uh, the screener, I will pop it in and watch this again because I just have scene after scene and moment after moment and line after line and thought after thought come back to me about this film. So I'm sure I love it. And, uh, I know it's not fair to compare, but you always play the comparison game. I'm not sure it's as good as knives out. Um, but it's close. I think it's really close. Um, it's, did it feel like a Knives Out sequel to you, or did it feel like a different movie? Feels like I think it feels like its own thing. It's definitely a Benoit Blanc mystery, but I think it's very different than Knives Out in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, because it's it's about a it's really about a sporadic friend group and not a um, a An a family aristocratic family, right? Yeah, and that that adds a lot of uh, of difference to it. Um, so, and the themes are different, and I think it has a different point to make. Um, so. So yeah, I I I think I loved it. I loved it. What are some of your general thoughts? I've talked a little bit. Kate Hudson is so amazing in this movie. <laughs> Birdie J. Birdie J. Like I had hope that there's a thing with sweatshops that killed me. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And you just see her face and she just goes, "Well, yeah." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we. it's uh, interesting because I can find so many parallels between this movie and Triangle of Sadness, which mm-hmm, we just talked sure. about in the pre-show. And the menu. All three and the of menu. them, in fact, deal with a lot of these same kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she was stuck. I, I don't want to just single her out. I don't want you to take that as 
nobody else was amazing because I think everybody else is absolutely primo for what they're doing. Janelle Monet or is it Monet or Manoa? I think it's huh, Monet, huh? right? It's Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, Janelle Monet is um, she's just you know. Uh, I can't wait to see what she does next. Like she is going to be one of mine that I keep an eye on because mm-hmm. wow, and uh, yeah, I I'm still trying to get my. I think my biggest holdup with this franchise and franchise being only two movies is the foghorn leghornness of you know Benoit Blanc because mm-hmm. it, it's such an a, an amazingly absurd character mm-hmm. that. I kind of have difficulty putting him in a re- the reality. Okay, of- so that's some of what I'm dealing with too is Benoit Blanc in this movie is even more extra, I think, than Knives Out. In Knives Out, he struck me as somewhat of a casual observer. You know, like, yeah. uh, I'm here to observe and, you know... Uh, but in this, he strikes me as more of hee-haw. Yeah. yeah, more of a more of a rambunctious. There's a little more rambunctiousness to him. A little more. It's like there's a little more energy to it. A little more spark yeah. to it here than there was. I think in Knives Out. Now maybe I mean maybe if I go back and watch Knives Out, maybe that's always been there and I just didn't recognize it. But I think there is an intent in this one to broaden him. Uh, comedically that I'm not mm. sure works every time. I definitely work sometimes, um, but there's some stuff in a tub I didn't think quite worked, um, although it had some really fun cameos. And so this movie does this movie kind of does this thing where it's like, I'm I'm just willing to be a movie that takes a big swing. I'm just willing to be yeah. a movie that does broad comedy. And for the most part, I think that broad comedy works but it misses sometimes too, in my opinion. I think there are moments this yeah. movie misses, uh, which I think is why I say I didn't quite enjoy it as much as uh, as Knives Out. If well, that I makes mean, sense. What, what movie do you enjoy more than Knives Out? <laughs> <laughs> is it a short list? <laughs> Singing in the Rain. Yes. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah. Shall we continue? That's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's... Okay. Um, so, what about the. Without spoilers, obviously, mm-hmm. the mystery, the crime itself. Uh, how'd you feel about it? And I know I'm asking you to compare it to the first movie, and I really shouldn't. But what did you think of the actual mystery itself? I, very much on par with the first one. I, I I thought the mystery was great. I I it was intricate enough. The clues were clear enough, yet not too obvious. Um, you know, I I I enjoyed that the movie had several reveals to it. Like, this movie has layers, uh, to use the metaphor, at the center of the movie. Um, it is is no longer the donut hole within the donut hole. It is layer upon layer of crystal clear uh, where, where everything is obvious and yet you have to peel back layers to get there. That is what the glass yeah. onion is, right? Like, the idea that you can see the center... You kind of you see, you know, there's nothing confusing about what it is, but at the yeah. same time, until you peel away the layers, you cannot get to that center. You cannot get to that meaning. Uh, meaning, and I think the movie, much like its own metaphor, had many of those layers, and um, I really loved every reveal. Every reveal this movie made, I, as an audience member, I w- it was hit me exactly at the right time. You mean literal plot armor? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, every the single. The most literal 
version of plot armor I have uh-huh. ever seen in uh-huh. my entire sure. life. Sure. I will say, it's interesting to hear you say that because this is where I am having difficulty saying that I love this movie. It's because of the reveals in this movie. From when this movie started, and it started, I think the I got a different sense of a different type of movie than Knives Out because... Well, I I just enjoyed the journey I was being taken on throughout Knives Out. While I was watching this one, I got a real sense that I was supposed to play along with, with, you know, uh, Benoit to try and solve it before him. Murder mysteries have that inherent in the genre, you know. Yeah, uh, but I think that there is too many reveals to where, like, once they, you know, you know, come to fruition, you're like, oh. Well, now everything that I've been working on, if I I didn't have this vital piece of information, so I could never have gotten to, mm, you know, the center mm-hmm. of the story until, you know, you revealed this and then you revealed that. So it, I guess there was just kind of a personal disappointment with having the unfair ability to play the game. But then I'm not playing the game. I'm watching a movie. So... Well, and also, I don't know that that's uncommon. Generally, murder mysteries will lay out uh, their information very, very carefully. Now, I think you're right. I think there's a big, big, big piece of information that comes fairly late in the movie, 60% of the way in at least, right? Yeah. Uh, That I think what you're saying kind of disallows you from having even a chance at solving the mystery or whatever until you know this piece of information. Um, I I, th- I think I understand what you're saying. However, I don't know that that's too uncommon because the movies have to lay out the information in a way to bring the audience along. Um, Maybe so, I'm just being picky. Who knows? No, it could be. It could be. I mean, I don't think it negates any of the work the movie's already done until then to give motives and oh, you know, bring yeah. people into the possible list of suspects and all those kind of things. It just changes the foundation a little bit. I thought brilliantly. Yeah. I loved that turn. That big turn about 60% of the way in, I loved. I just absolutely loved it. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's so difficult to say because I loved where that, where, you know, like it's a big reveal and then you can look back and see like, oh, so that meant that and that meant that and that meant that. But there's just a little bit of me that's like, oh, well, I never could have solved it. So it's yeah. like I said, it's a minor thing that's keeping me from absolutely loving this movie. Um I, like you, will probably have to see it a couple more times, but I do believe I still like Knives Out a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm right there with you. Uh, one Another thing I really liked about this movie is that unlike a movie that should nail uh, puzzles and games, uh, Escape Room, uh, this movie, <laughs> every puzzle that it puts on screen is really fun and real and, you know, can be solved in an interesting way. Now, I'm not saying that uh, it necessarily makes physical sense. Like the physics of the puzzle box may not uh, work uh, as depicted. But the puzzles themselves are really interesting. And I really, uh, as small as a uh, part that puzzle box is of the movie, I really, really enjoyed that when they're solving those puzzles, they're solving actual puzzles. Um, or as Benoit Blanc says, uh, children's games. There's um, a YouTuber named uh, Chris Ramsey who mm-hmm. that's what he does. He like people send him like ten thousand dollar design, like puzzle designed boxes. and manufactured puzzle mm-hmm. boxes. Yeah. And uh, when I saw that, that was the first thing I thought of. So yeah, 
Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And I loved the, I loved the Ma character that was like, well, that's just that first one's the Fibonacci series. Like, just knew everything oh my immediately. God, the mother, oh my gosh, Ma! she is she is so well, she is so affable and like mm-hmm. like. It's Jackie Hoffman is uh, the actor. Uh, yeah, and she's great. She's. Great. I like Dave Bautista in this movie too. Everybody's yeah. character is just so unique, and it for some reason it feels like this group of people shouldn't have wound up together because they're all mm-hmm. so different. But then whenever you uh, you know you find out more information, like oh, okay, so this is just who they all really were before you know life happened, and then. They were just hiding it so well, but whenever, you know, life, you know, changed for them and you could see who they really were, then mm-hmm. then it got interesting. So uh, I think Edward Norton is so great in this. Uh, yeah. I don't think the themes of this movie work as well if if he doesn't nail this part because he's being asked to do something where he can be interpreted in two very distinct ways, but they both work and he manages to be both. And I think that is part of the conundrum of wealth, part of the conundrum of especially tech wealth and those kind of things is this idea of the elevated idiot, right? Like this, this idea of, you know, mad genius, what, what, yeah, mad genius, what's really there in the way that we all play into these ideas of mad genius. And, um, there (laughs) Benoit Blanc, when he has the realization, uh, that he has later in this movie and just goes through, a list that I'm not going to give away is so good. It's so funny. And what makes it great is we were all there. And yet we didn't necessarily put that list together in I our didn't. brains. And it's just, um, I, I really think, the and this doesn't surprise me because Ryan's great at this stuff. The way he interweaves the themes of, you know, um, false leadership and what it means to be an empty leader uh, is just is really brilliant. And whereas the first one dealt with issues of um, wealth and classism, this yeah. one deals with issues of wealth and knowledge and intelligence and um, and the ideas of how wealth becomes a shortcut to genius sometimes. Um, so yeah, anyhow, I just I, I really, really appreciated all that stuff. so yeah yeah. Any final uh, thoughts? I the one last thing I would say is the only character who I had a little bit of hard time slotting into the themes in the puzzles was the Lionel character, the Leslie Odom Jr. character. He yeah. also that character also seemed like the least uh frivolous of all of the characters and I don't know if there was a like a like a plot point that was taken out or whatever. Um, but every other character was felt a little more over the top than that character. And I just wondered why that character felt so grounded when it never really seemed to go anywhere. Yeah, he was um, in a different movie. It almost does feel like like that character was in a different movie. Um, so that was the the one part that stood out to me. What about you? Any final thoughts? Uh no post credit scene. Uh and I I'm excited whenever this comes around to Netflix on the 23rd to watch this again because yeah. I will watch it again yeah. the same day. 
I'll hang out with my uh, my buddy Daryl, who's just kind of going through some stuff here at, uh, at the house, here. and we'll we'll watch it. Uh, all right, there you go. That is Glass Onion, and yes, that is the complete title. Uh, all right, let's move on to Strange World. Where in the world are we? Ethan, you brought the dog. Sorry. We are clearly in uncharted territory. Whoa. Hello. You probably don't understand a word I'm saying. Of course I understand you. Huh? <laughs> Dad? Dad? Grandpa? I'm a grandpa. A journey deep into an uncharted and treacherous land where fantastical creatures await the legendary clades. A family of explorers who difference, whose differences threaten to topple their latest and by far most crucial mission. Uh, Strange World is the latest Disney animation uh, movie. Very interesting things going on with this uh, money-wise, box office-wise uh, many people don't even know this movie exists. It's wild. Like the Disney they spent put out an so animal. Much money on I this know. movie. Disney put out an animated film with the voice of Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, and Gabrielle Union. Uh, not to mention Lucy Lou. And it just kind of arrived with a thud. In fact, that we can compare the two movies, uh, Netflix throwing uh, Glass Onion into 600 theaters, whereas most movies come out in like 3,000 theaters, yeah. still managed to make like, what, $15 million, something like that. So, you know, if you expand that times five, uh, that's like a $75 million opening uh, that Glass yeah. Onion would have had. In Strange Worlds, like, I'm just barely beating Glass Onion, and even though I'm in, you know, several thousand theaters. Budget for Strange World, and I know we haven't even talked about it, liked it, loved it yet. Budget mm-hmm. for Strange World, $120 million estimated. Gross worldwide is $28 million, close to $29 million. Yeah. So that's ugly. About that's 90 ugly. million short. Uh, Disney going through some stuff. Bob Iger like running back into the building being like, I got it. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Let's uh, let's fix this. Let's fix this. Anyhow, yeah. what did you think, Andrew, about this movie? Because uh, all that's periphery. Maybe, you know, maybe it's an amazing movie that just thudded. What did you think? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? Well, that hypothetical is not true because I didn't like it. Okay. Uh, didn't <laughs> like it. I'm maybe go- close to maybe close to low, low, low. Okay. Okay. All right. All but right. But I'll go with didn't like it. Um, well, then I'm going to seem like I love it in comparison because I'm on the low side of liked it. Um, I had a good time with several things in this movie. I have one very major negative uh, that I think really impacts my ability to like this movie. Why is uh, it your number a- one movie of the year? But I have a lot of things that uh, that I did enjoy uh, about Strange World. So I guess that means I get to go first. And I will Absolutely. talk about, first and foremost, I think this movie is beautiful. I think the animation in this movie is gorgeous. I think we're looking at creativity and art style that I don't know that I've seen Disney attempt or accomplish. It almost feels, it almost feels like a... Um, Miyazaki in some uh, ways, like there's there's real attempt at um, 
you know, cleverness in the way things are animated and what they're doing. It's not just kind of the same old, same old. So I really, really did enjoy the, uh, just looking at it, the animation of it, uh, I thought was really good. It's also very inventive. It's a movie without a villain, by the way, uh, which I guess maybe pros and cons uh, for that choice, but it's definitely a choice. That's a big swing. There's a villain, uh, villain for three minutes. Is there? Oh, I get. Well, yeah, maybe I guess. See, yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, but it is, it is a wholly invented film, and I just, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed how progressive it was. I enjoyed, you know, being able to see a very different type of f- family than we're used to seeing uh, in Disney movies. Uh, one of the first. Uh, I would say maybe the first Disney queer teenager uh, as far as like being kind of that being a main plot point in the Mm -hmm. uh, in the movie. Um, So, yeah, I think there's a a lot of expanding stuff going on here that that I really appreciated as well. Um, And I like what it had to say. I liked what this the message of the movie. Uh, I really enjoyed the idea of what it means. to not only understand the differences in how we're made, the differences in our purposes, but also understand what it means to uh, be cooperative instead of combative and the different ways this movie plays with that, I thought was was interesting. So again, I didn't love this movie. I didn't even really, really like it, but I did like it um, on the low side. I liked it. So uh, Andrew, some of your general thoughts. Uh, none of the characters felt real to me. And I, when I say that, I, yes, it's an animated movie. They're not technically real and their characters, but I mean, like I, for, for the subject matter that this movie is wanting to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, stepping out of your father's shadow or trying to become your own person or living up to a, uh, uh, a legend, you know, any of these Elements I think are very vital and they're they would have made a great story, but the fact that I think this movie's characters aren't like real enough, like all of the intention behind this movie was kind of muted a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. So not only did the message feel muted, muted, but I didn't really care or feel any kind of. Uh, you weren't able to buy into the world. You weren't able to feel like this is a, a real world, world that I'm going to invest in. <laughs> the world yeah. was a little too strange, strange uh, yeah. for Andrew. Yes. That's exactly it. But I, I, I don't know if it was like a, the, I don't know if it's the voice acting didn't feel genuine or like maybe it was just actors reading off of a script instead of trying to actually believe in what they're saying. I don't know. But it just didn't work for me. Um, as for the visuals you mentioned, uh, yeah, they're good. Uh, I don't. I, I think I've seen better. I mean, uh, so it's not anything that I would be, uh, you know, praising. I really wish I would have seen the movie you saw, where you saw a little bit of a uh, Studio Ghibli in there, because mm-hmm. that sounds amazing. And I wish I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, and maybe without a, a driving force like of an antagonist to push against, maybe that's another area where I think this movie falls short. I don't know. Mm. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. on that front. Well, you want to hear my major negative? Please. My major negative with this movie, and it does bring it down quite a bit for uh, for me, is strangely enough also related to the visuals. I think the the movie is trying to 
tell a story in a way that saves a reveal for later in the movie. But the visuals it creates makes it so obvious what the reveal is going to be later in the movie that from moment one. Oh, yeah. I knew I knew where we were. I knew w- what it was. I knew what was happening. Like all the things the movie wanted to reveal to me, like forty-five minutes later, I was just too far ahead of the movie. And yeah. you'll hear us often talk about like it's not a movie isn't bad because you predict a twist. It's just not. It doesn't work that way. A story can still be a story, wh- no matter what your brain does, if it puts two and two together and finds something. However, that's different than the idea of where the movie thinks the audience is and where the movie or the audience actually is, right? If the movie thinks the audience is behind it and the audience is actually ahead of it, that is a bad thing for the movie. And I feel like this movie does some things that where the audience is way ahead of it. And um, maybe I'm wrong about that. And if I'm wrong about that, that's if, if the, the turn in this movie was a big surprise to you and, then I, I'm. I also have to be careful because I'm not saying you're unintelligent for not noticing it either. We all see things that's, differently. Yeah. We all like if if the twist got you, that's great. That's fun. I'd love to yeah. know how that experience was for you. I just think the way it's animated, the things that are going on, make the quote unquote story turn um, just just a little too obvious way too quickly, and well, it really impacted my my ability to. Uh, invest in what was going on because that quote-unquote mystery was supposed to be a big part of it it just wasn't a mystery yeah 100 percent agree with you 100 percent because the entire movie whether it be you know with things in the background or you know mm-hmm. like a, yep. a specific camera shot on it yep. it's like the movie is pointing at it and going don't look at that don't pay attention <laughs> or try to you know pro- yeah. you know mentally process what that is don't do it don't do it i mean it's not yeah, subtle. Don't draw it's my attention not to it. It's not subtle at all. It's not subtle. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that was really my my main negative, and I think it's a big one because it it created this viewing experience of can we just can you just let the characters know what we all already know? And it also makes your characters feel a little less alert, right? Because if you're going, um, guys, do you do you see what that tree is doing? Like, Aren't, you know you what that is, be, right? You're, you're experts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they don't. And it takes them, yeah. you know, another 45 minutes to figure it out. And you're just like, I, you know, so I th- I think that is a, it's not always an easy thing to do. And I think this, this movie fails at that task pretty spectacularly, uh, in my opinion. Um, but that really was that really was just the main negative. Uh, I thought the performances were uh, good. I thought uh, Dennis Quaid was doing some really fun stuff with a Jaeger Clade character. Um, I thought that was really cool. Jake Gyllenhaal is fine. I'm, I think if everybody brought the same energy that Dennis Quaid did to this movie, yeah. I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, I think yeah. that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? I feel like I've kind of covered all my thoughts. Yeah. I, I was like kind of racking my brain, but I don't, whenever there's a movie like this where I just don't, nothing is spectacular or terrible enough for me to say anything about it. Like it's like, it's not worth mentioning anything. So this is Mm going to, for me personally, I would not recommend this movie. It is very forgettable. I will probably, I mean, maybe if you know somebody who, you know, this, like the themes in this movie could kind of resonate with, maybe recommend it. But, uh, other than that, it's, it's not for me. 
Sorry. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad I saw it. I, I don't know. Um, I just don't know overall uh, if it's going to hit the way that Disney uh, would hope that the movie would hit. Um, I will also say that the the movie's culmination is strangely anticlimactic, not just because we're, we've been ahead of the movie, but also because even where it goes like for its finish kind of asks more questions than it answers. And in a way, I kind of want to see the next movie more than I wanted to see this one. And mm. I, I'm trying not to spoil what I'm talking about, but the not that the movie doesn't spoil it within the first, you know, 20 minutes. But um but yeah, I so there's there's this element of okay, cool, but um how how <laughs> uh, what next? Uh you know, there's this there's this big, you know, uh let's just say zoom out uh at the end and it's just yeah. like, okay, tell me that story. I want to hear yeah. that story. Uh and it's just like that's you know so it's it's strangely anticlimactic in a couple of ways and um and I just I, I wish I had the ability to see a different movie maybe involved with this same very strange world. Yes. Uh, that's all I got to say. You have any else? Anything else? No post credit scene. There you go. That is Strange World, and you can see that in theaters. Glass Onion, and that is the full title. Also, only in theaters currently. Uh, although I'm sure both will be streaming probably by the end of the year. I imagine Strange World will be on Disney Plus uh, shortly, and Glass Onion, I know, will be on Netflix around Christmas. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we move into the Best Ever Challenge, a huge thank you to our amazing Sif Pop members. Uh, I have done a very poor job at thanking new Sif Pop members, and there have been several. Even within the last month, we've had three new members come on. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, Joey, thank you for uh, coming on and helping out and being a part of the membership. Uh, it looks like a dark fire. Thank you for coming on. Andrew, thank you for coming on in this past month as well. Um, so yeah, several others, you know, um, it's been, it's been really cool to see people pop on board. And I just want to thank you guys for doing that because it does, it means the world to us. We like Joey, to give you lots of fun stuff. Joey, so. Darkfire, Andrew, and was there one more? Uh, there were, there have been, do you want me to just keep going? Well, you, well, no, you said, what were the ones you mentioned? I've... Yeah, Joey, Darkfire, and Andrew are the ones I specifically mentioned. Cause those all have been this month. Okay, so, thank you guys so much. Yeah, yeah, we do appreciate it very, very much. Uh, if you are a Sif Pop member at a certain level, you do get the bonus podcasts and the member show this week. Uh, Andrew came through with some, th some uh, thoughts on Triangle of Sadness, uh, which yeah. he got a chance to see recently. Uh, Ian and I had reviewed that after Fantastic Fest, uh, but we hadn't heard Andrew's thoughts. So if you'd like to hear Andrew and I discuss Triangle of Sadness... Uh, you can become a Sif Pop member and check that out. Uh, also, you get all the main shows without ads as a Sif Pop member. There's other fun stuff to look at there as well. Just go to patreon.com slash Sift Pop. That's S-I-F-T-P-O-P. Patreon.com slash Sift Pop. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move into the best ever challenge. We're going to do best ever world movies. We'll go number five to number one. Andrew, kick us off. What is your number five best ever movie with world in the title? In a world. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, I am going to go Is that with, the one? In a World is your number five? Is there actually a world a movie called In a World? Yeah, it's about radio oh. people. It's uh, Lake Bell. Um, oh. You should see it. It's really good, actually. It's no, in my I honorable just, mentions. So. Okay. I was just yeah. doing the Don LaFontaine thing. In so. a World. In a yep. World. Yep. No, it's about my voiceover. Number f- yeah. My uh, number five is The World's Fastest Indian. That's a great choice. It was in my honorable mentions. Anthony Hopkins, love that movie. Talk about it. It's such a heartwarming, beautiful biopic about a man who will not give up on his dream. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter like how old you are or anything. If you have the passion and the will, you can do remarkable things. And Mm -hmm. the journey that this guy goes on, like the lengths he goes to make his dream come true. You want nothing but goodness for this guy. Anthony Hopkins is just such a beautiful character or the character he portrays, just such a beautiful person that honestly made me want to like learn like about salt flat racing history. You know, like this movie 
kind of inspires you to want to know more about this world. It's, yeah. it's a lot like Eddie the Eagle in that way, where it's just like you want because their heart is good and they deserve it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Well said. Uh, if you haven't checked out the world's fastest Indian, high, high recommend. Um, yeah. I would check that one out for sure. Good call. Good call. You're number uh, five. My number five is War of the Worlds, and that would be the Tom Cruise mm. uh, Spielberg one. Honorable mention. Um, so, yeah, really, really enjoy this movie. Saw it, uh, rewatched it recently, and it blew me away how well it holds up. Uh, it is so good. That escape scene, the first attack escape scene, is. Mm just astonishing um i really really like this movie uh and and uh would highly recommend it so war of the worlds is my number five yeah uh i think this movie doesn't get enough mention and praise Mm -hmm. for like different categories as i think it should i i I agree with you i need to rewatch it it's been a couple years since i've seen it uh, I just remember to this day the sound effect that they gave the tripods is probably mm-hmm. one of the best sound effects in like film history. I'm not even joking. It's just yeah, it's, good. it's haunting, and it's because that other you barely see the tripods in this movie. That sound effect of it like playing far off in the distance, you know, mm-hmm. it gives the movie a sense of you are never safe. There's never a moment of rest. Yep. Uh, yeah. Very well done movie. What's your number four? My number four is the third film in the Cornetto trilogy, The World's End. We'll be talking about that here shortly. My number four, I doubt you will trump. uh, My number four is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Uh, This is the third How to Train Your Dragon movie. Uh, The first is the best. The second is the second best. And the third is the third best of these movies. However, they are all great. (laughs) It isn't a precipitous drop. It is a slight drop from one to the other. I think The the Hidden World is still a really wonderful movie. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I just, I love the How to Train Your Dragon movies. So uh, The Hidden World had to be on my list. So that's my number four. We're going to need to get you a dog called Toothless. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are. No worries. What do you got at your number three, Andrew? Okay. Well, my number three was written by an indie, you know, comedian named Lorne Michaels. Hmm. Uh, It's called Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Wayne's (laughs) World. World. Party time. Excellent. Definitely Uh, my honorable mentions. I think this is one of the great cult classic comedies of all filmed them. I think that Mike Myers and Dana Carvey just have unmatched chemistry. These guys, you know, doing everything together for so long at SNL, this being an SNL skit that they somehow turned into a brilliant meta fourth wall breaking commentary on, you know, party rock life and how the rock scene is being, uh, what would you call, uh, commercialized, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, Tia Carrera is amazing. She has such a beautiful voice. She can, she can sing. And of mm-hmm. course, this is back whenever he was the bad guy and everything. And now he's the adorable guy and everything. That's Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. Early in his career, he was always the villain in like the Mike Myers, Adam Sandler and, uh, uh, Chris Farley movies. So, mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely love Wayne's World. 
Very nice. Uh, my number three has already been mentioned. It's The World's End. Um, ah. Had it number three. You had it at number four. Uh, oh. Love the Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, It's not the best in the trilogy, but it's still really, really good, uh, which apparently is a theme in my last two movies. Uh, movies that aren't the best of their trilogy, but are really, really good. Uh, I think I love this one more than most, um, but... Uh, but yeah, it's but you had it on your list too. So you talk about it. What do you like about this movie? I love the fact that this movie, more than uh Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, deals with some real world stuff, especially when you get to the end of, you know, um looking back on life and what have mm-hmm. you done and stuff like that. And yeah. it gets real and it gets kind of depressing a little bit. Yet somehow the movie is able to juggle that heavy amount of stuff to talk about with absolutely funny prop comedy, slapsticky, drunken tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am with you. I think that this movie is criminally underrated because people are like, oh, it's not as good as Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead. So, nah. mm-hmm. but that's not it. Uh, a meh Cornetto trilogy movie is... <laughs> It's up there, man. It's a yeah. I I gave this one a really high uh, praise when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy the world's in. Uh, all right, on to our number twos. Andrew, what do you got at number two? This is where I have Team America: World Police. Nice. Yeah. I I think this is one of the funniest movies ever made. It is, and I for sure. And how the uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker have not been, you know canceled <laughs> like i don't i don't know how these guys earned carte blanche status you know because they've been doing it forever with South i believe Park you mean and cartman blanche oh my god how did i not <laughs> see that coming <laughs> um but no this it, it's so funny because if you go on youtube today and you like watch people uh do reaction videos to this movie like it's interesting to see a modern audience and, you know, how our sense of uh, what's okay to, you know, make fun of and stuff like that and and watch people today watching this movie and you kind of, you're afraid like, oh, are they just going to judge it and say that it's too edgy and it's not respectful or anything? Every single person I've seen that has like reacted to this is <laughs> laughing uncontrollably and I think it's because the way the movie's made with puppets and it being so absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's how they get away with it because it's nowhere near real. Yep. I think that's very well said. I think that's, uh, that is correct. Um, stay an absolute, uh, insanity, uh, what they do and what they get away with. Uh, my number two is my second Edgar Wright in a row. I have Scott Pilgrim versus the world. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. We'll get it to it now, though, because we're on to our number ones. Yeah. Which you've Let's got talk- uh, Scott Pilgrim here. Yeah. Waterworld. Wait, what? No. <laughs> Wait, huh? What? <laughs> no, it's Scott Pilgrim versus Water the world. Waterworld's better than you remember, but no, it is not on my list. It's, it's in my honorable mentions. And yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, but Scott Pilgrim. This, uh, funny enough, is also one of the funniest movies ever made. It's like Edgar Wright knows how to do comedy or something. Yeah, almost, almost. Maybe he should. Maybe he should. You know, stick to that instead of trying he to should. do horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
But anyway, um, no, I think that this movie shouldn't work. It's everything about this movie. It's like if I were to recommend this movie to somebody, I would be so nervous. Like, oh, my God, you are either going to love this movie or you're going to hate it. There is no middle ground with this movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no middle ground. And for me, I absolutely love it. One of my favorites. It's a blast. I had it at number two. Um, due for a rewatch on this, actually. It's been it's been too long since I've seen Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I need to give it a rewatch. But I just think it, it, for me, it was one of those movies that just kind of changed what movies could be in my mind. Like, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, you can do this with a movie. And it just does some really fun, interesting things. Um, and I really, really enjoy it. So, yeah, Scott Pilgrim's a great choice for your number one. It is my number two. Uh, my number one yes. is a little movie with a long title, uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. This is my uh, very first honorable mention. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Why do more people not know about how good this movie is? Because uh, it's a long <laughs> movie. Oh my God, this is a long movie. It is It is well worth the length. It uh, is. I, I really, really love this movie. Russell Crowe's great in it. Uh, it is... Uh, meaningful it is big it's expansive it's interesting it's uh, intense um man i wish there were more of these movies because i know it's a book series i wish they made more of them the way this movie ends you know with that reveal you know mm -hmm. about the doctor and the captain mm -hmm. and like, oh oh let's let's just keep going i know we've been doing go, this for let's go yes this, we've been watching this movie for 15 hours but come on let's keep going it's good chill baby cakes let's go <laughs> uh yeah i i want to see more master and commander but if you haven't seen it go see it that's all i have to say i you put it at number one because it's my favorite uh but i put it at number one also because i want you to see this movie if you haven't seen it get it up your uh watch list so absolutely Yes, and it is if you a haven't very seen long this title. movie, shove it up your watch list uh, mm. and and make sure that it gets seen. Uh, all right, let's talk honorable mentions. Yeah. What do you got? I got a lot, so hopefully I can knock these off of your list here. Go for it. <clears throat> the original Around the World in 80 Days. Mm -hmm, of course. The Thing from Another World. Okay, I didn't have did that you, one. Yeah. Uh, did you know that John Carpenter's The Thing is actually a remake? No, I did not. Yeah, the thing from another world. It was a uh, old, old like uh, black and white horror oh, film. Interesting. Yeah, I learned something today. Yes, um, we mentioned Waterworld. Mm -hmm. um, world War Z. Yes, I like on this my movie. Mentions. Yes, I like this good. movie. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Jurassic World, which I like more than most people. I didn't yeah. have it, but I'm I'm fine with it. That's, yeah, it's it's good. The Lost World. Both Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and The Lost World, 1925. Okay. Um, then a movie that I... Pierce Brosnan didn't do a lot of good James Bond movies. I mean, he had a couple. But I think The World is Not Enough is a pretty fun movie. Yes, Denise Richards is horrible in it, but I Fair enjoy enough. this movie. Fair and enough. And then finally... Like Master and Commander, we have another long, 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 long title because it's a mad, 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 mad world. It is a mad, 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 mad world. That was in my honorable mentions. Another long title, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, uh, is What's definitely worth a watch. Um, a Perfect World is one of my favorite movies from the 90s, uh, which is uh, Clint Eastwood and um, Kevin Costner, I believe. 
Uh, worst person in the world that came out last year is really, really good. Uh, something worth watching. And also recently, News of the World uh, came out, the Tom Hanks movie. I thought that was really good as well. So, Oh, yeah. That is a good watching. movie. Uh, all right. Let's finish up with some buried treasure. Andrew, what's that uh, one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I'll let you finish. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I recently, I'm watching a ton of movies because I don't know if you know this, Andrew, but I have so many movies to watch uh, yeah. in the next week. Um, but one of them is on Netflix, if you want to check it out. It's called The Swimmers. And it basically follows the life of two refugees from what was Syria and their attempt to escape and then compete in the Rio Olympics in 2016 as swimmers for the refugee team. I don't know if you remember that, but there was a refugee yeah. team in the 2016 uh, Olympics. Absolutely. It's a really beautiful story. It's really well told. There's some beautiful thematic stuff with their swimming and how that relates to them escaping through the water and then also using the water to you know, uh, escape their lives and... Um, I just, I found it really moving. I found it really beautiful and I think it's well worth a watch. Uh, it's again called the swimmers and it is on Netflix. If you want to check it out, uh, it's very, very good. All uh, right. A Andrew, what do you got? I am uh, going to go with a documentary actually that just came out not too long ago. Um, I love the space program. So whenever I saw that there was going to be a documentary about the opportunity, uh, rover i had to watch it there's a documentary on amazon called good night oppie that just came out yeah uh, i've seen this you have Indeed. what do you think uh i think it's great uh it's a it's a really good watch i want to hear what you have to say about it first okay um i i i love you called it uh you called it something uh where, where somebody is so incredibly good at their job it's um oh competence porn competent yeah yeah mm -hmm. uh it's just abound in this movie and not only that but true unadulterated passion for what mm -hmm. you do the yeah. love and you know care that these people put into these rovers it's like the rovers themselves were able to ingest that love and care that was mm -hmm. put into them into their insane you know dramatic story these rovers for those of you who don't know um there was two rovers that were sent to uh nasa there was the opportunity and there was the endeavor right no wait no spirit, spirit yeah thank you uh there's the opportunity and spirit and they were sent to test if there was any uh water on mars like check uh, so, uh soil and mineral samples and these rovers were only supposed to last for 90 days. They lasted for 15 years. Well, one of them, one of them lasted 15 years. The other lasted but the, seven. The other one wasn't too far no, behind. I mean, yeah, seven yeah. or something like that years. Incredibly, incredibly passionate. And uh, how uh, I remember not long ago, that news article, it was a very famous news article that came out about Oppie's last words before uh, turning mm -hmm. off. She said, uh, uh, it's getting cold and no, it was like, it's getting dark and I'm getting cold or something like that. It was something incredibly personal and depressing mm -hmm. from a robot. And uh, one of the things uh, Angela Bassett is doing the voice, uh, the narration for this documentary, she's reading these uh, transcripts that are sent from the rovers back to NASA. And they are very, human 
These mm-hmm. messages that they're sending back, are, they're not just, you know, uh, data, you know, quantifiable data. It's actually, you know, like humanistic. It's conversation-like, which I thought was very interesting. It just lended, yeah. it lended itself to more in believing that these uh, rovers were living things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they anthropomorphize these rovers to, the, you know, the nth degree. Uh, and it's totally understandable. We do this with machines, especially ones like this that are walking around a planet and, you know, trying to find stuff. And uh, I I think this uh, this documentary covers some of the most amazing stuff ever. Like, it's just this this whole program was really fascinating like you said the 90 days versus how long they actually lasted was amazing and the reason why they were able to last so much longer um was 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 just unforeseen beauty and i just i i really did enjoy it um i think it's a documentary documentary well worth watching i would say don't expect a ton of bells and whistles there's not like a lot of necessarily creativity with it it just tells an interesting story and it just is interest uh interviews with people who are there and and talk about it it does recreate uh computer generated <laughs> ideas of of kind of what happened not the best uh, graphics but no that's but, not what, but it's that's okay not the point. but it's fine again the the real meat here is what actually happened and yeah. that is is well worth learning about and seeing in this way so yeah i think good night is definitely worth your time what do you got so, aaron uh, I talked about the swimmers. Remember, remember, I talked about the swimmers on uh, on Netflix. No, I want you to go again. Tell me more because <laughs> I just added it to my queue, and I want you to tell me again how good it is. It's really, really good. What about you? What's your uh, buried treasure? Well, actually, you know what? I saw this documentary. <laughs> it's called Free Solo, and oh, it's, a, it's really, really yeah, good. It's, it's really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Free Oppie. Good night, Solo. Free Oppie. Um, good night, Solo. <laughs> I think uh, Goodnight Oppie is on Prime, and yeah. uh, The Swimmers is on Netflix, if you want to check either of those out. We l- well, we did it, man. We, we did a we podcast. Launched, we, la- we launched Alan Garden. We covered ourselves to- <laughs> in bubble wrap and landed on the podcast planet. We uh, launched Adam Garland to Mars. We expected him to last 90, or 90 seconds, but he lasted <laughs> 15 years by climbing above everything. That's right. That's right. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with me today. No, thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members. You guys are amazing Woo! for giving monthly to Sif Pop. Uh, we appreciate it. Support starts at three bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode at some levels, as well as many other fun perks at the different levels. Uh, you can find out all the information at uh, patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, you can also email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than solving a few children's toys. Uh, we will be back next week with The Fablemans. Uh, we're not going to skip The Fablemans. We will talk a little bit about it. And uh, also Women Talking, I think we'll probably talk about next week. So We better. Um, i got things to say. We will catch you then. <laughs> Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.